You have such a youthful energy about you. I think <laughs> I feel like you would dance me under a table. I'd be like, I can't, I can't. Let me take a break. No break. Get out, get out. <laughs> no there. break. Absolutely. You have friends constantly come at me about my age. This is not a mindset that I live with. I'm always caught off guard when my age is weaponized against me. Age is a number. Youth is a mindset. I want chicken fingers and french fries. <laughs> That's all I want. I love me a hot fudge sundae with a chocolate chip cookie. Sorry, doc, that's for 10 and under. There was a gentleman, his name was Bob, but he would sit there and watch people as they walked by. You know, Bob, why do you sit out here every day? He said, because I'm too busy living in the present to want to go back to the past. It's all about mindset and more than mindset. Why deny it? Why hide it? Celebrate it actually. Every day that we wake up and have life and have breath, that is something to celebrate. Welcome to Simply Enough. This is Zachary and Elizabeth, and thanks for tuning in to Simply Enough. Where we celebrate you. Because you are enough. If you're liking our podcast, we'd love it if you'd share with your friends and family. And then rate and review to raise our visibility and spread the message of enoughness. We love you. And remember, you are simply enough. Just as you are. Period. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Simply Enough. I am Mr. Zachary Leonard. I'm Dr. Elizabeth Ignacio. And, you know, it was my birthday a couple weeks ago. Happy turned, belated birthday. Thank you. I, I turned 41. Youngin. Which, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You have you have such a youthful energy about you. I think, <laughs> as we talked about in the previous episode about celebrating, I feel like you would dance me under a table. I'd be like, I can't. I can't. Let me take a break. You're like, no break. Get out. Get out. <laughs> no <there."> break. Absolutely. <laughs> no break. <laughs> you can take a break when you die. Yes. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so I turned 41. And, you know, my birthday, like, I don't, I, I've just never been one of those people that thinks about my age in terms of a number or what that means. Like, oh, I'm, I'm 40, that blah, blah, blah. There's like a stuff that comes with it. And, and that's not to, to judge people that do. That's just not how I think, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's fascinating about that is in my mindset around my age, I always have these moments where I'm faced with other people's in, interpretation or meaning that they place on age as it affects me. And then I'm living with this reality of like what they think about it and what I think about it. And there's always like, we're speaking two different languages, but I know I somehow need to respond, but I don't know how to respond in their language. I don't really know what to do with it. And then I end up kind of like super awkward, which is actually a common place for me to live. So let me, let me use a bit of an example to kind of put this into context. Okay. When I started as a school administrator, I was 34 years old, whether or not that is a common age for administrators. And I don't even know, but I do know that I was frequently that when I would meet people and they would look at me and they said, like, how old are you? Right. Cause I, I guess I looked young. You're one of the administrators. How old are you? Like there was always this response and I didn't ever really know what to say. I'm like, I'm 34. Like, you know, I'll give you the answer. Right. And so it was always just kind of odd because I understood that there was meaning to them about age and what comes with age, et cetera, but it just wasn't where I lived. I was applying for a job recently. And one of the questions that they asked was name a piece of criticism or feedback or some kind of professional hardship that you experienced that caught you off guard. It was around the time of my birthday. So I'm like, 
okay, this is where my mindset is. I want to talk about this. And I spoke about these moments when there would be, it was always like at a time that I wasn't prepared, I had to meet with a parent or um, I was at an admissions event. I was meeting prospective families or I was meeting another administrator or something. And there was always kind of this response of, well, how old are you? Or somewhat of discrediting my opinion. Well, you're you're young. You wouldn't know. Like these moments, kind of wrapped up in in my age, as if age equaled experience or equaled knowledge or equaled whatever. I didn't know, but there was meaning clearly that that other person was putting on it. And then it would go so far sometimes to be somewhat offensive where we would have friends who were older and they would joke about, I would need to sit at the kitty table for Thanksgiving, or they would just constantly come at me about my age. Here it's kind of coming at me and jumping off the heels of what we had talked about previous episode about celebrations and just living your life. And, you know, I'm so unabashedly silly and, and I, I choose celebrations and I choose joy and because I live in a place of gratitude that I'm always a little bit caught off guard when my age is a label that's tried to be weaponized against me. And that just kind of hit me with my, with my birthday. So I wanted to throw that out here today. I'm just giggling because I'm like, throw that out there to the old lady in the room, which is I'm 51 and I tell my patients often, and my my patient demographics run from you know youth student athletes um, all the way to octogenarians. I, in right. fact, I have some ninety year olds too. So, um, at, which I just love, and I just consider such a privilege to be able to take care of so many people in different seasons of their lives. Mm-hmm. And there's differences, and there's commonalities. What I do say, um, especially to those that are, I'll say this sadly, 30 years old or older. The reason why I say sadly is it's amazing how many 30 year olds come in my office, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, I I have a sports medicine practice. So, you know, these are, these tend to be very active, you know, people wanting to maintain their activity level, but it is amazing the number of people once they hit 30 or older, that they then start talking to me about, their age and, oh, my body's getting older and I can't, you know, now that I'm getting older, you know, I, this hurts, that hurts. And you know how it is doc getting older. And I just laugh because I'm like, okay, you're in your thirties. I'm 51, (laughs) but I also say the same thing to, you know, older people, you know, in their sixties and seventies and eighties, I say the same thing when they say similar things like I'm old and it's terrible getting old. And, you know, what I say to all of them is age is a number, youth is a mindset. Mm-hmm. So to be boxed into a number really means nothing. And literally, I know many, a 70 and 80 year old who are healthy, active, vibrant, make no excuses, mm-hmm. make no excuses and play no victim. Just as much as I know 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds who believe in the aging process of how aging means devaluing and deterioration, and that just really doesn't have to be the case. That's not just my belief. There's actually an amazing, it's my favorite study, actually. Um, (laughs) I believe it's out of Harvard and it was in the late Mm seventies and um, they, there was a summer camp, if you will, of two or three weeks long. And they took gentlemen who were in their sixties. So that means that their adolescence was, you know, back in the around world war two, you know, forties mm-hmm. and fifties. So they 
went to this camp and before going in this camp, they um, had biological markers taken, their eyesight, their blood pressure, you know, that kind of stuff. And then at this camp, the camp was totally refurbished so that it looked like it was in the forties and fifties. So music of that time was blasted over the speakers. The magazines and reading material was from that time. TV dinners were, you know, served and and that kind of stuff. So, so it was to replicate their youth, what they were used to. And so they lived in that environment for two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, not only did they, did these subjects self-report feeling younger, which that's great. I mean, that's, that's worth it in and of itself to feel younger, but actually eyesight had changed. Canes and walkers were thrown away and and not used and um, other biological markers, you know, like uh, cholesterol and glucose and, and all that kind of stuff. Biological markers showed that they aged younger in those two weeks that they spent in that environment. So there's so much to be said about how age does not necessarily have to be the equivalent of deterioration and decline. I have, uh, for example, I can think of right now, one day I had one patient, he was in his forties, little bit of arthritis on his x-rays and all he could talk about and really I'll say it complain about was his knee pain and when can we do surgery and why won't I suggest a knee replacement and because you know this is affecting his life which I'm sure it was I, I'm not I'm not debating that it right. was it was bothersome to him I'm just saying the difference in perspective and how age is yep. is as or youth is as much a mindset as it is a number. Then in the next room, I had, you know, um, this auntie, regal auntie that she was, she was in her late seventies. Her x-rays were bone on bone. And really by x-rays alone, she should have a knee replacement. Mm. But she didn't even want to have that discussion because she said, quote, I have too many things to do and too many people to see. Just give me a shot. I got to get out of here, doc. I'm busy. And she was as youthful as they come. And that's why to place so much emphasis on a number Mm -hmm. and be imprisoned by a number you're missing so much Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in terms of possibility and opportunity and capability and capacity. If we're just going to be imprisoned by a number, you know, again, as I tease, I'm 51 and, you know, I I serve on a number of boards, you know, here Mm -hmm. in the community, very proud and happy to to serve on a number of not-for-profit community organizations And for sustainability of the organization and of the board for that organization, there's, you know, a a recent movement of having a young professional board, kind of like a a junior board um, for these organizations. And I get it. And I I, I get the, the point of it and the importance of it. And it is very important. But I always tease and say, must we call them the young professionals? Like, so then what does that make us? Can we be the not as young, like don't make us the old professionals right, right. to be the not as young. You know, it, it's all about mindset and more than mindset. There's also the truth um, and perspective, you know, women in particular, I know that there's like a running joke of not wanting to celebrate the birthday mm-hmm. or lying about somebody's age, <laughs> you know, one's age so that, you know, one can perceive that they're younger. The thing is though, the flip side to it is why deny it? Why hide it? And, you know, last week's episode was about celebration. Celebrate it, actually, celebrate. because certainly in, in at my age, when I think about others, 
aging is a privilege denied many. Mm. I didn't come up with that. I'm just quoting. I don't know yeah. who originally said that, but it, it is true. Aging is a privilege denied many. Every day that we wake up and have life and have breath, that is something to celebrate. Every day is a birthday. And so, so to age is a privilege. When I, I remember being at a lunch, I'm just like spewing. I'm so sorry. I'm just throwing stuff out because obviously, especially as a woman, like there's so much baggage placed on Mm -hmm. aging when I'm just kind of like, why, why, why does there need to be baggage? I remember actually having uh, lunch with uh, a few of my besties. This was when we were in our forties. This was like a decade ago. And there was a little bit of lamenting of Mm -hmm. our age. And I finally had to say, can we stop that though? Can we, (laughs) because when we look at it, we're in our forties look where we are and look what we've accomplished, whether it's in our career or whether it's in our relationships or or in parenthood, look all that we've overcome or quote accomplished and are successful at. And again, I'm not specifically just speaking about career, but look at what we've contributed to the world or our community or our household. There's so much to be celebrated, not to be embarrassed about. And there's a, a major bestseller called uh, of a long time ago now called Tuesdays with Mer- mm-hmm. Tuesdays with Maury written by Mitch album mm-hmm. and he, Mitch album, you know, is, is visiting frequently his dying professor, his favorite professor uh, from undergrad undergrad. And he gleaned so many life lessons um, and perspectives of life by interviewing Professor Maury, but actually Maury was his first name, but anyway, interviewing his professor, but there was a little bit of discomfort and even guilt that Mitch Album had as his professor is getting closer and closer to death because he was diagnosed with um, ALS. And so he finally talked about the elephant in the room to his professor and said, do you at all envy me as you are now wheelchair bound and you see me young and full of life and actually with my life ahead, does that hurt you or bother you? And the professor's answer, and you can not only read it, you can read it obviously in the book, but there's actually, um, he uh, did a 60 minutes interview. So you can actually Mm -hmm. see and hear the professor saying this himself, which is so poignant, which is, why would I envy your youth? I lived my youth. So I, I have been there and I cherish and relish that I have been there and I have lived there and that will never be taken away from me. So now I'm in a different season of my life, but that doesn't mean I envy that you're in that season. There are many things about that age that I don't want to right, relive. Right. So rather than regretting or wishing, I just choose to celebrate the memories that I want to keep about it, know that I've lived it, and therefore there's nothing to envy. It's so interesting you bring this up because when I lived in New York City, I would walk down Amsterdam and and I'll connect back to what you're saying. I would walk down Amsterdam to get to the subway. As I would walk down Amsterdam, there was a, a gentleman that sat out. He lived in a building for senior citizens. And they, you know, they had care and whatnot in there. And that was where he lived, but he would always come down. One of the nurses or the attendees would bring a chair because he, he, he had some, some mobility issues, but he would sit there and he would just watch people as they walked by. His name was Bob. I loved Bob. 
I walk by every day to take a couple minutes to talk to Bob. And then I would, I would go about my day. I didn't qu- quite ask that question, but I, I, it was something akin to like, you know, Bob, why do you sit out here every day? Just curious. He, he would talk a little bit about what it was like to be what, in his career. And he'd get up every morning. That was just part of his routine. And he still wanted to have that routine where he still felt like he had purpose and, and, and he could see people and still live as a part of the, the world. And, and, and he needed that energy. He brought up that Tuesdays with Maury. And he said, because, you know, I'm too busy living in the present to want to go back to the past. And it's, it's, it's connected with exactly what you're saying. Like it, he didn't want to be 50 years old again or 41 or 30. He was too happy and content and excited and grateful living where he was, that it, it was silly to even ask a question about the present or the past or the future for him. And I'll never forget that. That's so powerful and so real. Thank you for sharing that. I, it's all about this. This can be, you know, the segue into many, many episodes because the bottom line, when we talk about, you know, just as you are <laughs> and simply enough and being content is recognizing rather than focusing on what you don't don't have, Mm -hmm. you enjoy and relish what you do have. So rather than the mindset of, geez, this is all that I have, Mm -hmm. you can look at things of, well, all that I need is right here. And I don't know this person who I'm about to quote. And in fact, forgive me, I, I, I do this. Like I remember what people say, <laughs> but I don't remember who it was. But I know that there was either a Navy SEAL or uh, special forces, somebody in the military, and he was a double amputee. And he says that he often gets asked, how can you be so positive in life with, with, you know, with not having your two legs? How can you be so positive not, and not have two legs? And his response is, how can you not be positive when you do have two legs? And I'm just kind of like, oh, oh. that's yeah. Oh, it's because it's so true. That's definitely where you shift the mindset. Uh, for me, that's a quit your bitching moment right? <laughs> for me. I, I'm not judging other people. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself and being like, damn it, Ignacio, quit your bitching. Yeah. Look at all, all that you have. You have more than you need and, 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 you know, all that, all that you have is more than you need. So when we set up this, this episode and I was sharing both my mindset about age and then other people's mindset about age, and then how that came to me, what you did really beautifully is, is you shifted or you, you established our focus truly on the work that we do for ourselves, that we are the leading players of our own story. We've talked about that in previous episodes and really the imprisonment of age being just a number that work only can happen internally. Whatever happens for other people is the work that they, they have to do on their own. But, but really, but you establishing that, that it's about me, right? Simply enough is truly about me. That's why the me in the logo, right. Is, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is set up the way that it is. And I just want to thank you for for look on YouTube, everybody, if you don't. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, That's why, that's why we, we put it out there because we, we can't control nor, nor is there really it's futile to try and force ourselves as, as the leading player in somebody else's story. So just keep it about us. And so I just wanted to thank you for distilling out the noise. The noise is not other people's interpretations of age or how they are imprisoned by that number and the meaning that they place on it. It's about us. It's about ourselves and the work that we do to unpack the meaning that we put on age and then go from there. So I just want to thank you for that. I want to, I want to go back to the, what I, what I was talking about at the beginning about when I be, 
became an administrator and I was, you know, roughly 34. And the, and the responses that I would get from people, either when they met me just based on my look, like, well, how old are you? Right. Or they find out my age. There was a lot of judgment that came at me, or at least that I felt about my youthfulness, not being equivalent of experience or that my youthfulness didn't or wasn't befitting of an administrator, whatever that means. And that somehow that also came with a lack of qualifications or gravitas or respect or whatnot that now somehow this is what I was getting, right? It's not necessarily how I felt, but that I had to work harder to prove my worth to whoever was talking to me because they saw my age as an indication of youth and lack of experience. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that was, I, I got to say, it was unsettling for me living in that place of, as I've said, I'm, I'm not really one to like think about age as having a meaning other than just that's my age. And it wasn't just parents. Like it was like other colleagues, right. Who were administrators. And what do I do with just this label, right. That I, I didn't feel like fit me and almost this like judgment or this like request to work harder to prove because my age to them was seen as like a knock against me or, or what I offered the role. Does that make sense? So what did you do is the question. Um, well, truthfully, did, I didn't really... did that stick with you until you had more years under your belt and then you felt, you know, more confident and in the right place or what did you do? <laughs> yeah, tell honest? us more. <laughs> okay. So I can be honest for some of you that may not know this side of me, I can have a little bit of a, well, fuck you attitude kind of <laughs> in me. And I don't show it that often because I tend to be a, you know, a jovial uh, individual. You don't really get that little like feisty, fiery side of me, but it does live in there. Often when I feel that somebody is imposing something on me that is contrary to how I know myself, I'm going to push back even harder with that part of me that I'm like proud of or that I, that I enjoy or that I own. And so truthfully, what I did was like, well, fuck you. I'm not, I'm just going to be me. Like, I don't need to prove myself to you. Like I got to where I am and, and, and I'm good at what I do. And that, and, and really it's not about you. It's about me. What were I you did, there or, or, or were you at first, you know, a little bit more of the, I'll prove it to you, you know, screw you. You're undermining, you're not undermining, you're underestimating me. So were you just you or were you pushing back a little bit and with that energy? Um, well, I would say truthfully, it was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go out of my way to show you that I'm qualified. Like, I'm not going to talk about my experience. I'm not going to talk about the years that I have and all the different schools and all the different kids. Like I, I, I don't engage in that level of banter or competitive peacocking or whatever it is. That's just not my style. So I would say that I, yes, I did that. However, I think there was truthfully some part of me that now used that my youthfulness as a kind of shield. Mm. I'm going to go even further in my, my pride of my age. So, so yeah, I think I, I did kind of seek to prove a little bit, but not mm-hmm. in the way that they wanted, but in the way that I wanted D- yeah. does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think now I would be like, yeah, whatever. Okay. You can say that about me. I don't care. But I think at the time I was like, no, I'm, I'm proud that I'm this young and I'm proud that I, you know, so there was still a little bit of a fiery part of me, which in and of itself is a way of proving. Right. So, and like we talked about in previous episodes, 
when we put energy in proving to somebody else or defending ourselves to somebody else, yeah. it actually puts the power and, yeah. and the emphasis on the other person, as opposed to you just being you and you being you and you doing the badass job that you do. Yeah. Which so in, so now when you said, if this were me now, this is, I would be like, Oh, whatever. That's what you think that, right. you know, and it would just, you know, like flow off of your skin and, you know, not bother you. What do you think is the difference out of curiosity? Is it age? And age. Experience? Is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so there is something, the only reason why I say this, no. there is something to be said in terms of value of age. And the yeah. only reason why I say that as being the older, you know, more aged one is be, it's so funny how we are so quick we as a society are so quick to, again, dis- be ageist, to be honest, and dismiss like, oh, this person is near retirement. They have nothing to add yeah. or, or, you know, this you know person is older, so can't keep up. So walk slowly, which you know, sometimes that might be the case, but it's amazing how th- that becomes a quick assumption um, on, on what age means. There's value mm-hmm. in, in, the more years we've spent on this earth. And, and sometimes we have to remind the younger that there is actually value <laughs> in aging and mm-hmm. not just decline. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can say that for many of my loved ones who are older than me, they'll say things like, you know, the older I get, the less I give a shit. And, 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 and there's, there's certainly a lot of truth in that, that I, now start to see as, as I, you know, get older as well. And then I also credit, I credit our work in simply enough because I recognize that a lot of that response came from not feeling enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that understanding that whatever somebody is placing on me about age or, you know, whatever label it is that that desire to defend really truly came from a place of not enoughness. And at least for, I'm going to use my aunt, my aunt Connie, as an example, who I just love and and you know she listens to the podcast, so shout out to you, Aunt Connie. She has been somebody who has helped me see that you know the process of getting older for her has enabled her to find her enoughness mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way. And then yeah. the way that she shares it is never like, well, when you get older, you'll understand. It's more like this is what I've understood in my aging process, and she mm-hmm. gifts it to anybody willing yes. to listen, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and um. That's where in, again, recognizing that aging is a privilege, Mm -hmm. we can actually see getting older rather than it being imprisoned by a number. We actually are liberated and freed as we get older because the older we get, the less we give a shit. And I specifically (laughs) am saying this, not just for those of us listening that are in our you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and older, I'm actually also pointing this out to our youth who are listening, which is, especially in this day and age of social media and comparison and relativity of what do other people think and what's it, you know, um, what will other people say about me? What will other people think about me? You guys are getting older too, youth. And so the older you get, the less I hope you give a shit (laughs) in terms of, the people whose opinions shouldn't matter to you and, and the people whose, whose estimations and assumptions of you are limiting, they don't matter. Don't, 
don't give a shit. The, the older you get, know yourself better, recognize yourself better, know your values and priorities better. And like we said in the previous episode, weed the garden in yeah. terms of who, you know, who you're going to give a shit about it on a totally different note. So we're talking about ageism and <laughs> uh. getting older and the value in that. But I'm also going to say that there um, some of the assumptions about getting older are unfair in that though we get older, we don't necessarily lose our youth. Yes. Right. Because again, youth is a mindset. <laughs> this is a super silly. I love being silly, yes. but true story about my being a victim, a victim. Cue the mini violins now. The violins are playing because I was a yeah. victim. I hate that word, by the way. I hate being a victim, but I was melodramatically i was a victim (laughs) of ageism because i was um at a lunch and i was uh treating a graduating orthopedic resident and his family his beautiful lovely family to lunch to celebrate his graduation from our residency and he has three gorgeous kids and i love them so much and they just bring me so much joy but anyway so we, it was a very nice place, a nice restaurant. And the kids, of course, they have their, their kids' menus. And as we're ordering the like, you know, salads and all that kind of stuff, they're ordering the burger and the fries. And I'm looking at them with my mouth drooling because I'm wanting their fries and I want a bite of their burger. But no, I'll just have my healthy salmon salad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anybody who knows me knows I am a dessert person and I eat meals in order to have the dessert. Like if there was nutritional value in dessert, I would just have dessert. But anyway, so I reward myself, by the way, this is not healthy thinking. So I'm not being a doctor right now, everybody. So don't follow my example. But uh, yeah, if I could just eat dessert, I probably would. But anyway, (laughs) so the menus came for the dessert and the kids had their dessert menus. And then we had our adult menus. And of course, adult menus were described beautifully like, um, you know, you know, this covered with a ganache and, you know, swallow, you know, surrounded by a gelée of, you know, like <laughs> all of that. That's the description for the adult menu. And then, and, and oh, they did have, you know, um, also on the adult menu, ice cream available. But having been at this restaurant, I know that the ice cream mm-hmm. on the, off of the adult menu are these three little itty bitty mini scoops. Oh. And it's like, $14. Okay. So then on the kids menu, they have whatever else. But the one thing I do know they have is they have a hot fudge Sunday. Yes. And the hot fudge Sunday, you know, had two big scoops of vanilla ice cream, hot fudge. This is Hawaii. So they had macadamia nuts, um, whipped cream, and a chocolate chip cookie. Okay. So that's the kids. That's the kids' choice for dessert is this hot fudge sundae, where for me, it has everything, right? It has the ice cream. It has the topping. It has a cookie for crunch. So, and I'm a frequent visitor to this restaurant. So I'm a regular. Yes, patron. Thank you. That's the word. I'm a frequent patron of this restaurant. The the staff know me uh, by name. They even joke around with me. And so- when the waiter came to take my order or take our order, mm-hmm. I said, oh, you know, have the kids choose first. And so, of course, all the kids chose the three kids had the hot fudge sundae and knowing full well. And even the mom said, oh, they're not going to finish it. And I said, oh, no, but just, you know, enjoy it. Let, let, you know, that way they don't have to share. Then when the waiter, you know, came 
he took the order of mama and the papa and then came to me and I said, you know what I'm really dying for is the, the cakey that's Hawaiian for, for kids, everybody, um, the, the cakey hot fudge Sunday. And I said, and you can charge me. And which by the way, because it's a cakey menu, like this big hot fudge Sunday was like six bucks compared to like the $14 of, of the adult, but of course it was adult flavors, right. Um, yes. you know, for $14. So it was matcha green tea and oh, yeah. Kona coffee ice cream. That was yeah. $14. And I said, listen, I really want that hot fudge sundae off of the cakey menu. You can charge me the adult price for the ice cream, but can I have the hot fudge sundae? And I was told no. (gasps) (laughs) It was like, why won't you allow me? And he was like, sorry, doc, but you know, that's for the cakey menu. So that's for whatever, 10 and under. And I'm like, who cares? You can charge me. I don't care the price, charge me for the adult ice cream. He's like, oh, but that's for kids taste. So that's the kids menu. I'm like, uh, I love me a hot fudge sundae. And I especially love me a hot fudge sundae with a chocolate chip cookie. Like, but no, they wouldn't. And they, he, he stuck to his guns. And you're kidding me. So I couldn't have the cakey, the kids hot fudge sundae. And I don't know why I was willing to pay for an adult price. I don't care. Mark me up. I don't care, but that's what I wanted. Oh, I'm so angry on your behalf. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually jokingly said, but I did say it out loud. And, you know, many jokes actually have a little bit of truth behind it. Right. I said, that is very ageist of you. I'm (laughs) I'm really upset that that's so ageist that I can't order what I want and you can charge me whatever the heck you want. You know, I'm good for it. I, I, you know, I'm a regular and not only am I regular, I'm a regular by bringing many people here, charge me what you want, but I would really love to have that cakey hot fudge Sunday. And in the time of COVID, and these are not my kids, it's not like I can eat their leftovers. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just like, no, can I please have that? No. And he said, no, because of my age. You're kidding me. <laughs> so it wouldn't be like, um, well, Caleb is going to order two Sundays now. <laughs> Oh, no. Caleb didn't finish it. I'll take it. Now, what would they have done? Take it out of your hands? Not Are allow him kidding? to order it. Yeah. Very ageist of that establishment, right? Well, to be fair, <laughs> I had a similar experience. So just not that establishment, but there, okay. So th- this is probably a, a, a bit of a silly um, tangent, but when we lived in New York City, we would go to see the Macy's Day balloons, the parade, Macy's Day, Thanksgiving Day parade, balloons blown up because we lived two blocks from it. So we would go, it was like a big, big event where you could go, you could walk around, you could see the balloons kind of like waiting and before mm-hmm. they were going to be part of the, the next day celebration. So this was always on the Wednesday before the day before Thanksgiving. And then inevitably we'd want to go get dinner afterwards. And of course it was always difficult to find a place because now there were so many people and they had reservations and everything that the diner that was near our place was the only place that was open. And of course, I just, I don't know why the day before I'm going to have all these carbohydrates and and poultry and everything. I want chicken fingers and French fries. (laughs) That's all I want. Chicken fingers and French fries. Right. And I'm such a, like you throw in tater tots. If tater tots are on the menu, I will order them. I don't care who, where I am. So help me out. I'll go into the kitchen and steal them. If you tell me that I can't mm-hmm. have them, but they only had chicken fingers and French fries on the children's menu. And I, I was like, can I order them? And they're like, well, then it was all the, it'll be an upcharge because, you know, we can only, I'm like, 
charge me whatever the F you want. I don't care. Like, why can't, why can't an adult have chicken fingers? Why can't an adult have the freaking Sunday? Right. Because we are adults. And so we're supposed to have a particular taste, a particular palate. I'm supposed to order because of my age. Again, it has nothing to do with price. I'm like, charge me for that. I don't care what you charge me. That's what I want. I want the, I want the hot fudge ooey gooey. And I want then the crisp of the chocolate chip cookie. Like, no, I'm supposed to want the matcha tea ice cream cream. or the sea salt caramel or the Kona Kona coffee ice cream. Not the the balsamic gastric. Yes. (laughs) You know, with the raspberry gelée. I'm like... (laughs) And the macadamia nut powder or dust. (laughs) Right. I mean... You know, it, it's just funny how we are labeled to to be expected to yeah. be a certain way because we're adults. Whereas, are you kidding me? Look at Disneyland. Who is I was paying just, for all of that? I was merch? just gonna say that. And I say that I don't say that with judgment. I'm a kid at Disney. I love. I have. I have come to love Disney and look forward to Disney more now as an adult because I can let loose and be a kid and wear the ears and eat the cotton candy yeah. and and just just immerse myself in the joy. I enjoy Disney more now as yep. an adult than I ever did or appreciated as a kid. Sorry, mom and dad, for thanks for spending all that money, mom and dad, but I appreciate and love it more now. It's so funny you brought that up because I was literally thinking about that while, while you were talking about the ways in which Disney have enabled adults, not enabled, but but invited adults to bring out their youthfulness again. Like I love Stitch. We've talked about this in previous episodes and I get it all the time. You're a grown man who likes Stitch. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's okay. Really? whatever, you know, but at Disney, you're right. Like you want to order the chicken fingers, order the chicken fingers. You want to go on that ride, go on that ride. You want the dole whip, get the dole whip. You want the picture with the princess, get the picture with the, you're 80 year old person. Go, go for it. You're absolutely right. It's oh, so funny. About I, that, I, was thinking that. I am not a roller coaster rider at all. I get motion sickness when I drive myself. So I'm oh. not going to, Oh yeah. So, um, my kids and my husband, they love the Incredicoaster at oh. California Adventure, which is like this you know, like big loop to loop, you know, upside down, super fast. You know, the, the first, you, you literally get shot out of the gate. So that's not me. And they like would ride it three times. And I would stand there while watching and, you know, taking video for their, you know, zero to 50 mile an hour takeoff. But in the meantime, otherwise I'm just kind of standing on the pier by myself. And that's okay. Cause I just love people watching. And I just, especially yep. at Disney, cause people are so happy other than the uh, meltdown hour <laughs> of the kids, people are just happy and they're having fun and they're being silly, but there I am by myself. And lo and behold, Mrs. Incredible comes out. Oh, so, you know, the, they, they come out dressed. They're, they're Helen Parr, than yes. yeah, is that her name? You know, and cause so she's in costume and you, the head is larger than me as a body. Like they're literally bigger than life. And she comes out and, um, she stays in a roped off area, you know, so, um, people can either stand in line, but nobody was standing in line yet. And so here's me 51. Yes. Everybody. This is just a few months ago, (laughs) um, by myself. I'm like from mom to mom knowing full well, like, you know, there's probably the, the person in, in that uh, costume is not a mom. I don't know. She's probably like, you know, 19 years old, but I'm totally like immersed and loving it. I'm like, Hey, 
it, mom to mom, can I take a selfie? And, you know, we spent like two minutes taking multiple selfies because nobody else was in line for her. And I'm just laughing at myself like, yeah, yes, I am 51 years old. And I am taking selfies with this larger than life Disney character, quote, identifying with her as an incredible mom. And I'm having the time of my life by myself doing this. There, there's, there's kid in all of us. We don't always have to adult and we don't always have right. to aspire to adult. And you said it, you said it earlier. We have a choice. We can either be imprisoned by it or we can be liberated by it. And you and I are going to choose to be liberated by it. Is that a perspective that comes with age too? I don't know. Maybe. Well, I hope not. I mean, I yes, not. it does. Yeah. But again, as much as this is messaging for those of us in our forties, fifties, sixties, also you students, you youth, you high schoolers, you college students, there's a time for adulting. And there's a time for remembering that you're still young and that you enjoy your youth, but also recognize that you can take your youth with you and carry your youth through your lifetime with you. Don't feel that you're relegated to having peaked in high school. Well, remember, I think I talked about in a previous episode, I wanted to go to the gymnastics class. And then somebody was like, but you're 40 years old. Like, really? Like, you think you're going to be like a gold medal at the games or whatever? I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do. And mm -hmm. I understand that maybe my body is not capable of doing the same things that I could have done when I was 20, but I don't see that as a roadblock to still getting to participate in something that I've long wanted to participate in. It means that I have to like rethink, am I going to be able to do the triple Yurchenko off the vaults? Well, no, I'm not, but that doesn't matter to me. And, and, um, for those of us that, that, you know, have aged, um, if you can't do what you used to be able to do rather than lament it or regret it, laugh at it and just enjoy the memory. What I mean by that is I, um, so uh, as we've said in previous episodes, I was a college cheerleader. And this was at the time, my alma mater, we were co-ed, it's all girls cheerleading squad now for, for my alma mater. But back then we were co-ed. So we did the stunting and we did the pyramids and tumbling and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, the basket tosses way high in the air. So I definitely still have the muscle memory <laughs> of what it felt like to do those stunts, to do the tumbling, to be thrown in the air and, you know, do the splits and then be caught and all this kind of stuff. So I, I have the muscle memory of that. And sometimes uh, what my body remembers versus what my body is capable of doing is different. <laughs> so when either my daughter or my son was in kindergarten and we pick them up, I would pick them up uh, in after school care. And oftentimes in after school care, they're playing outside in this big lawn and, you know, there's parking spaces right there. So we can, I can drive up to the lawn and being uh, a kid myself uh, at appropriate moments. Um, I noticed that they were all trying to learn to do back bends and handstands. And so probably not my wisest, finest moment, but I said, Oh, Auntie knows how to do a handstand. I mean, it's just a handstand. At least that was in my mind. Like, oh, it's right. just a handstand. So there, you know, here are these five-year-olds. Oh, Auntie can do a handstand. And so sure enough, I go and I do a handstand. And my muscle memory remembers that I can hold that handstand and okay. even okay. do a handstand walk. 
That was my muscle memory. Ah, ah, that was my memory. What actually transpired is I go into a handstand, hit that handstand for about one second. And then all of a sudden, I hear and feel myself going, whoa, whoa. And I fall into a back bend, which impressed the kids, but that was not my... (laughs) That was not my plan, but I fall into a back bend and then slowly collapse onto my back on the floor. It's beautiful. And then like a souffle, just (laughs) starts to... Yes, totally souffle. (laughs) So I was like, and now I'm in a back bend and now I'm not. (laughs) And I'm laying on the ground. (laughs) And now I'm laying on the ground. All these kids are looking at me, but they're looking at me with smiling, impressed faces. And you know what? I can either lament and be yeah. embarrassed about that or freaking crack myself up about the fact that I even tried to do that. And yeah, made an ass out of myself, but the kids didn't receive it that way. Oh. The kids actually were like, wow, auntie. <laughs> do it again. Do it again, and, auntie. Yeah. And, and no, I did not do that again. <laughs> I think I was like seeing stars. I'm like, oh, I don't recall feeling this dizzy when I was a cheerleader. <laughs> But I still had joy in the moment and I have joy now looking back at it and making you laugh about it. So now I can share that. And, and so that's what I mean about you can take your youth with you. It might not look exactly as you remember it, but you can take your youth with you and not lament it and not regret it and, and be like Professor Mori or, or, or be like, you know, your friend, you know, who, who said, um, you know, live in the present. It, it, you're too busy living in the present to wish or regret, but you can enjoy um, the memories from youth. What a beautiful you don't also, at, for the youth, for the high schoolers and the college students that might be listening to this, you don't have to be adulting all the time. Adulting doesn't always have to be serious work. Take your youth with you too. I love that. I love that. You know, uh, we, uh, we joke, uh, when we're preparing for episodes, uh, we joke about how Elizabeth doesn't like to launch an episode as we know, and she gets the giggles and she gets, and then she's Just always it's making me giggle. <laughs> Sorry. But then she's always so lovely and complimentary about my, um, my ability to like synthesize an episode and you just I did it. it. Well, thank you, but you just did it. And, and I, and then you also distilled it down to just take your youth with you. What, what a beautiful what a beautiful thing to, to walk away from this episode that you can be an adult and take your youth with you. You, you can have been as, you know, a seasoned, cause I don't use the word old. You can be a seasoned individual and take your youth with you. And Disneyland has reminded us of that, that you can always take your youth with you. Do the back and you high schoolers and call yeah do the back then and the high schoolers and college students you don't have to adult all the time you don't have to be cool and and reserved you know with reservations and uh you can have fun and you can let loose and you and be young yeah i love Happy you belated birthday zachary thank you thank you <laughs> i love, love you. you take your youth with you because, <laughs> because you are simply enough just as you are. Period. Period. Love you. Love you too. Bye everybody. Bye.